and welcome to the Embodied Life Coaching Podcast with me, Louise Lewis. I am a mindset and body-based life coach specialising in helping people understand and resolve the deep-seated patterns that hold them back from having a life that looks and feels extraordinary. Through a series of solo episodes and conversations with guest experts, I will explore how incorporating bodywork, whether that be somatic-based exercises, biology and cellular health, or nervous system healing, is an essential addition to your personal development work. If you are familiar with therapy, coaching, or counseling, and feel like there's been a missing piece of the puzzle, keep listening, because the bodywork and nervous system pieces may be it. I can't wait to share these life-changing materials with you. It's time to live a full life from a place where you are deeply connected to your mind, body, and soul. Get ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Embodied Life Coaching Podcast. I have got Virginia Fox with me this week. Um, and I tell you what is so fun about this episode. Until six minutes ago, I had never met or spoken to Virginia before other than through communicating on Facebook. And what I'm finding at the moment I'm really loving is the ability to really meet like-minded people on the socials, which is so much nicer than like the normal spammy messages and things that we get. So I felt immediately connected to Virginia when I looked at her stuff, like we've got a lot of overlap, the way that we work is really similar. And I'm really excited to have her on today to explore some of the stuff that she does, um, but also a topic that I think that a lot of you will resonate with, which is in the society that we currently live in, where women particularly are told that they they can have it all now, we've got all of these rights and all the rest of it, how we still hold ourselves back and maybe why some of that is. So, Virginia, it's lovely to have you here. Welcome. Um, so glad to have you on. Hello, Louise, and thank you for having me. And as you said, it's uh, quite um, magical that we meet now here um, after just uh, connecting shortly before on Facebook. And um, yeah, it, it was a nice surprise to find somebody who I have so much in common with. And um, yeah, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and lovely. And you are, I might have got this wrong, but I think you're in Switzerland. Yes, I am. Yeah. Lovely. So like a lot of my guests, like they might be from the UK or they're from, from the United from the US. So it's lovely to have um it's lovely to have you on. Yeah. Just uh, be prepared that sometimes I have to search a bit longer for a word. And as you might hear on my accent, I have learned my English in the States, in Colorado to be exact, where I've spent a part of my youth. So Yeah. Yeah. And what is your because I have seen that you offer some things in German, but what so what are all the different languages that you speak? I'm curious. I am very much a singly lingual English speaking person, apart from like very poor French. Well, um, I do speak um, English. German is my mother tongue, but there's actually. Uh, the Swiss German is quite different from the High German, so we have to learn that at school as well. 
Then I speak French. That's mandatory in Switzerland because of our French-speaking people. And to round that up, I also speak um, Italian quite okay. At least I understand a lot. I don't speak it very well um, anymore because I don't use it that much. But yeah, I think it uh, has to do with having a really small country in four different um, languages uh, that just kind of brings you to learn them, some of them. Yes, amazing. And that actually, it brings me back to something that we were talking about before, before I hit record. So Virginia, in many ways, is a subconscious coach and therapist, and she's bringing those skills to this conversation today. But she's also a mum. She's an author. I think you've written some children's book. Am I right? I'm a romance writer. I write romance novels, oh, romance and suspense. Okay, brilliant. I've got that wrong then. So romance and suspense novels, and obviously all of the languages as well. And we were just talking about how she would be termed a multi-potentialite, which I am not. So it's lovely to have you on with, with all of your many skills. <laughs> so let's let's kick off this discussion then. So it's 2023. We're liberated and we're equal, apparently. Um, like, what's our problem? What's the deal? Like, talk talk to me about this topic. Well, as you said yourself when we were talking um, about it earlier, is that you don't feel that way. And I think the important thing to know about that is that this has external reasons why we don't feel like that. I will go over that in a bit, but it also has internal reasons. And those internal reasons are usually very sneaky because we are not consciously aware of them. That can be the way we grew up and um, just saw how our parents did things. And even though we might know that some people do them differently, we tend to keep very close to the familiar. And that's, for example, very often in my um, hypnosis therapy, you get to hear that the people say, well, my dad earned that much. I can't ever earn more than him. And that's not something, if, if I would ask her this question, can I, in, in a conscious mind, um, setting, then I would, uh, she would probably tell me, yes, of course I can earn more than my dad did then. But the truth is that she doesn't believe she can ever believe, um, earn more than he did. And stuff like this holds us back. And before, before uh, if you don't take the time to uproot those reasons you're not able to actually deal with them because you don't know what you don't know yeah absolutely and, and i think it's such a good point like we get all of these messages about how many choices we have how we can be anything how we can do everything and there might be some theoretical truth in that and we can talk about how much that of that is really true or not 
but then you're right there's the stuff that goes on for us that means we don't actually let ourselves we don't let ourselves have everything that that we want to have like so something that I've been working through a lot recently is this and I I rationally know that this isn't true but this deep-seated belief that if I do well like if I do really well and I'm really visible that it's going to be so damaging because it will make my mum even more jealous and that will have huge ramifications and it will harm my sisters. Now, obviously, me doing well will not harm my sisters, but these are the messages that are so deeply programmed into me that I wasn't aware of for a very long time, but I'm now trying to work through as I peel that off so that I actually can step in and step up to that next bit without my whole body shutting me down and being like, no, that's not safe, that's not for you. You just need to stay a little bit quiet in the corner. Yeah, that's totally true. And I mean, uh, if your body does shut down, it has quite the consequences. Um, it, I mean, I know that for myself, I have been in situations where I actually listened to people talking about relaxing more or regulating your nervous system and I was like yeah well but I don't know if that works I know being on hyper alert works very well and I can keep it kind of together but now somebody comes and tells me to relax and I was like no way I'm going to try that I don't have a guarantee that not everything will fall apart and I still have um, very consciously I have to pay very close attention that I don't slip back into that. And it can also have health, as you know very well. Um, that's what you teach a lot. Um, unregulated nervous system uh, can lead to very serious um, health problems. Yeah, and I think you raised such a good point there about some of the fears that we have about what happens if we do do things in a different way so yeah we might be able to see that we're holding ourselves back or we can see we're operating in high alert and we're on go 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 all the time with well, the idea of relaxing is lovely yes lovely. i'm not sure it's i'm not sure it's for me like i'm not sure this is going to be okay um and i think it really is something that we have to learn yeah, it is to to allow the unfamiliar become familiar because before we don't take that chance, we will never never um, experience it. Yeah. And sometimes, or even often, we don't we don't have the slightest idea where those thoughts come from. Be- I can just I remember in my own training we did those um, training sessions with other therapists and we had so many of them I didn't have any topics left to be honest Um, and then I picked one I had my nose closed up all the time twice a day I had to take nose spray even though all the doctors or pharmacists told me not to use it more than five days and I was like well if I'm not breathing that it's not good um, either, so I just took it. And I did know it's a bit better if I, I'm on vacation or something like that, but 
I couldn't get rid of it. And nobody could diagnose it either. It was just there. And when I had my uh, RTT session, what came up was that my subconscious decided very early on that holding my breath is good for me. So, and the funny thing is during that hypnosis session, I remembered that I've always been very triggered if somebody tried to talk to me about breath work. I couldn't, I wasn't rational at all. I was like, well, that's nice and fine, but not for me. Go away. Like that. And I mean, I'm an educated person and I'm very interested in various topics. So it wasn't like me at all, but I couldn't, nobody, I would not, not talk with anybody about breath work. So, and also the funny thing is, I still can see why my subconscious came to the conclusion that holding my breath is a good thing because it still feels for me, if I do it now consciously and aware, it, it still feels like I can hold off a bit of the sensations that come from all around me. The voices are less loud, the, the, the feeling on my skin is less. So I still, I can see where it came from, but obviously not breathing is not a very healthy option. Yeah, but it's so common because yeah. we learn to breathe and we hold ourselves back and we actually, when we breathe and we experience things that are uncomfortable, we cut ourselves off. And I don't know what the German word for this is, but from the thoracic inlet, like it shuts off. And it means that we can't, so most people don't breathe fully into their diaphragms. They don't get that deep breath. And when they do, like you've just said, then not breathing cuts stuff off. Breathing brings it all up. And it's like, whoa, what is this? So I did my first, I, I don't teach breath work because I'm not trained in it. But I did my first conscious connected breath journey I think it's called different things in different places but where you breathe in and out big in and out without a gap in between on like a um, last July and I love it but I tell you what some stuff comes up I can believe that yeah so have you have you tried breath work or are you still in the like I'm not doing it camp um no it it was actually not that long ago I'm I'm interested in trying it out, but I haven't yet. But still, just the fact that I can look at different offerings about breathwork and talk to people about their experience and it all feels totally okay, that's wonderful. And by the way, my nose after eight weeks, it went away. I haven't used nose spray since four months, not even when I was, when I had a cold. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing, amazing what we hold on to. So the lady that comes into my programs to do breath work with the groups, I had a catch up with her yesterday and she's been doing some work around like her hips and her hips been tight and she's gone to see like a, a body worker to really get into her hips and release stuff. And she said, and she's been talking about this publicly, so I'm not, I'm not breaching any confidentiality here, but she's like, she shared the like the picture of the bruise and the amount of stuff that she had in her hips. And I think it's amazing when we tune into our bodies and like what are our bodies holding that we're not questioning? You know, so for me, my hips are disaster, <laughs> my neck and shoulders, 
disaster and it's like my jaw disaster and what are all the things, what are all the things that we hold on to from all of the the not breathing the bracing the holding on where we are still holding ourselves back because of all these things going on that we just we don't pay attention to and it's so easy to just say I don't know I've just got screwy joints yeah it's easier to say and sometimes also I mean I see it with my daughter it's it's actually I mean I wouldn't call it easier what she's going through um she has some mental health problems um but she's just not ready I think you do have to be ready to really look at those parts of you or even those subconscious beliefs that lead you to reacting or acting in a certain way and uh, I think the, the the crooks on the whole thing is that since everything around us is implying that we have it all or we can have it all we don't dare to look at those things or we don't dare to take a look if there is a truth in the in in the saying that we hold ourselves back because it it seems almost a bit like we admit that we are not able enough or not willing enough to put in the work or whatever the belief behind it is it takes a certain amount of courage and also vulnerability to say I'm not sure that everything is so tippy-toppy. Yeah, and you're right. It is confronting. Um, and I don't know if you're... I, I feel like you might be similar, but so when I worked in law, I was very much the high performer, the A-type, pushing myself very hard. Um, go, 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 go all of the time. Just very much in that high sympathetic like you said that hyper just keep doing stuff keep going keep going keep going and only really stopped when I had to because I pushed myself so far that I wasn't well um and it's been very interesting for me going through like my healing journey and looking at different things and then probably about 18 months ago decided to really drastically reduce my caffeine intake and to stop doing all of those things that over keeps us running wherever they keep right i have had pretty much a daily nap <laughs> for the last year and a half because underneath all of that overperforming, overfunctioning, overdoing was just so much tired so much drained so much all of these pieces and you're right like i can't do the stuff that I used to do like my body's just like we're not going to push ourselves like that anymore and that is confronting because now I have to be like well actually no I can't do it all because I'm too bloody tired <laughs> yes and the difficulty is also to communicate that to the outside to admit that no I can't do it all and I mean, either either people think you're sick, which you might actually be, but 
not necessarily, or they think you are lacking, and they tell you so. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So the village where I live, it's a very small village, and the population is mostly quite a bit older than me. And we might do like a walk, and a few people will be on the walk, and I'll say, oh, I'm going home for a nap. And they're like, the outrage of like, you're half, I'm not half their age at all, but I am younger than them. You're half our age. What are you doing? How can you, you're like a retired person. How can you be going home for sleep? Like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I've just taken care of myself and what I need right now. But you're right, it's so like against the norm. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of this stuff is quite challenging because you do end up, I mean, I can't say I've ever felt like I fit in, but you do feel like, <laughs> you do feel like even more of an outsider when you pay attention to what's really going on. Well, you can. Yes, yes, you really do. And, but also the, the opposite is true as well, because if you do dare to look there and to kind of um, endure all those opposition from the outside, you will also be able to discover so many more possibilities uh, or variations how to live your life. And that's, well, next to your obvious better health, is that the greatest gift, I think, that you can make yourself. Yeah. And my daughter is 17 and I've, I mean, she's finishing school next year, so I've seen pretty much everything that there is on education through the years. And I just think it's totally um, outdated what they teach, because it's in, we live in a world nobody before us has lived in a world where everything is changing so fast and where so many things um, compete for our um, attention and that's a whole other ball game and they just keep on teaching and or educating those kids the same way they have been doing that 30 years ago and it's not working I just can tell you it's not working it's frustrating me to no end and I tend to talk about that mostly from a women's view because I myself am a woman and I wouldn't, um, uh, what's the word, I, I, I don't want to say that I can imagine how it is as a man, um, but it's probably, it's probably the same on their side and I just think it, it makes me so angry that they do not educate kids of today in self-care in what it means having so much um, news all the time or having to decide which news are to be believed or not or all this stuff and I mean you know 80 years ago you just had to um, kind of handle the news from your village now you have to handle the news from the whole world and your nervous system is not going to um, change so fast as the technology does. We, the evolution doesn't 
speed up because of that, unfortunately. So it's, I think it would be very important to, to really make that a main point in the education, but no, everybody just keeps on complaining how much the health system or the health costs are rising instead of, you know, going to the root of the problem um, and helping people live their lives, live their ha lives happy and fulfilled. And, and healthily, but you're right, because we've moved so far away from what is natural, what is healthy, what is needed in order to have a, a life where we feel well. Like, you're right. So for me now, I live a life where I feel well, and I'm the odd one. Yes. I'm the odd one because I actually listen to my body and take care of myself. That makes me odd. <laughs> like, that's a crazy situation that that's reality. Yes. And, and I think that's... Uh, <laughs> And being odd, not to belong, that goes against one of the main principles in life. You have to belong because otherwise you don't survive because our lizard brain hasn't evolved at all. It, your subconscious mind, your lizard mind, it just wants you to survive. And that means belonging to a group and you don't belong if you're the odd one out. So um, imagine what kind of self-trust is needed to really go this way and that's also a thing please please give those children self-trust i mean i don't work directly with children i work now with the uh, adults but i it's just very dear to my heart because i think it's a shame yeah i'm, I'm always so impressed about like when i work with people that work with children i'm like yay because you're working with people so then i don't have to work with them when they get a bit old <laughs> very true and i, I want to come back to, to what you you were saying then because i think this really matches the theme of today well of a lot of the time we don't live a life that is authentic to ourselves and our needs because what we do is we abandon that in order to live a life that means that we fit in. Yeah, that we fill the expectations of others. Yeah, and I think that's a huge way that we hold ourselves back. We don't, we're not liberated because we're doing stuff that is completely the opposite of being liberated because we're just desperate to fit in. So, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's very true. And that's also um, becoming a problem then when the outside tells you you can have it all because then you try to have it all and then you try to do everything. And then um, you might discover that doing everything is just a bit much because it's not like you get the chance to do to choose. It's no, it's actually expected that you pick up the slack and uh, also get a job and do the home um the yeah. house cleaning and the child caring and everything on top i mean sure there are couples out there that have a good handle on that and really um try to share this stuff but still um it's really hard even through the fact that most schools still call the moms and stuff like small things like that it just keeps on um 
right, raising the mental load daily and it pushes you to choose things not because of what you want or wish for or what your purpose is but what fits in with this so social expectations of us and that might be colleagues or friends or family and it happens very um yeah i'm looking for a word again um it's it's, it's kind of obscure it's not out in the open and it's even it's actually hard to talk about it because um especially if somebody else is in the group maybe a bit older they tell you well be glad that you have the opportunity and yes yes to a certain degree that's true i'm not denying that i'm all for women's rights and equality and everything it just doesn't um make the other problems go away no and i think a big challenge that we have is because the message we are given is and i don't have children so i, I don't have that in the mix i have a, i have a sydney who's on the floor down here the dog but like i don't have the children but there's still lots of stuff that goes on and i think you're right because there is it's very easy to get to a place of I'm doing too much and I can't do all of this. But because the messaging is, no, but you can have it all and you can do it all and it's fine. Rather than thinking there's something wrong with this system here, it's very easy to think something's wrong with me. Yeah, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I need to, because we all learn, I'm, I'm going to stick with all because I think it's right. We all learn that our value is measured by what we do. Like we have to prove our worth. We have to earn our love, right? And we don't necessarily learn as adults, but as kids, basically we did. And and then you have all of these messages and it's like, but I'm over here struggling, but I can't tell anyone because, because that would make, make me deficient. Yeah. Because this is what I'm supposed to be able to do. Exactly. And now imagine you are, a, um, well, you can imagine very well because you have been a lawyer yourself. You were a high achieving, a so-called high achieving woman. And then you, at one point you said, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm pretty sure many, many people around you said, how can you leave that? How can you not do that anymore? How can you, how dare you to? What a waste. <laughs> what a waste. They're like, I'm trying to survive here. Yeah. yeah. And that's just kind of a crooked sense of, or, or view of, of things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what I would love to look at now is, so we've talked about a little bit of how, how we hold ourselves back, the expectations that we have, the challenges that we face. Um, what's the process that you would use to walk someone through this so if someone is like well I think I hold myself back I don't feel very liberated or maybe I or I thought I was liberated but maybe I'm not because actually I'm just really tired <laughs> what's the like what's the process because I know you've got um I know you've got something coming up which which you can talk to as well and um, but like what's the process that you take people through well I've actually um a 
proven uh, framework that I call the rebel path mm -hmm. and I call it um, the rebel path because I think in every one of us there is a rebel part who actually longs to make others sit up and take notice. The bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's also, I think it's also a bit coming from, from this female anger that you feel when you actually know that everything's too much and still it's expected of you just because you're the female. Well, yeah, really great. And um, the process I'm taking people through, and that's not always, but often happens a bit around the time of in, in the age of 40 or a bit plus, that um, people kind of take a moment and look at their life and look how the next 10 or 20 years are going to be. That's actually the same thing that happened to me because I was, I'm a successful writer besides being a coach, but I've always, or the past 10 years, I've very much concentrated on writing my books because it was successful. Well, yeah, that's all nice and great. But I came to the realization that I do not want to spend the next 10 or 20 years pushing four books a year out. And I found that if you go back first to your past, and that has also to do with uh, what you might have heard as the witch wound, even though it probably uh, all the people, not only women, are um, influenced by that, but it's the generation generational stuff that we carry with us, and that is in the in the meantime, the really cool thing that is that is um, has been scientifically proven through the epigenetic that we really do or that our cells and our DNA is shaped and formed by stuff we um, experience and see and hear and traumas and everything. So I take them back actually and in a shamanic on a shamanic journey actually amazing <laughs> um, <laughs> to maybe to meet the younger self or even ancestors yeah that really depends on a person and it's not something that i steer or influence in any way and that's i combine that with saying thank you to everything that came before and that's very important it also includes the the life now that this person has because many of us get very dismissive of the things we have done up until now yeah. it's like when we start to search for new things it's like everything before was shit excuse me no, you can swear. But um, that's not true. It it formed you. It made you to the person you are today, and you're brilliant today. But you had to go through those steps to end up here where you are now, and so it's a lot of also about forgiveness with themselves and maybe other generations. 
saying thank you and just being grateful that everything led to this point, to this point in this actually really great life or so great as it could be at least. And from there I go, I jump into the future to see all those possibilities and then we actually work on the present to build up that self-trust, that enoughness, the, the knowledge that everything is available to you if you choose to do so. And that's a point that is very important to me. I'm that, uh, not everything I do or all my group um, programs or um, the challenge that I will have this journey is to a totally non-judgmental zone. It's not about you leaving your job. It's not about becoming an entrepreneur. It's not about divorcing your loving husband just because you think, oh, I have to change everything. It's not about that. You can choose to stay in your job if you find that's totally your thing and that it was actually perfect already. You can find that out as well. And I think it's very important to keep in mind because often often in the i say in the growth space or in the personal development space there tends to be a bit of the you're not good enough as you are now you have to become something totally different and i think that's excuse me bullshit and i also think it can be very hurtful and misleading so none of that with my classes or programs and I just really it's my wish that everyone sees their own possibilities and and their greatness. I can't say it any differently and it it hurts my heart if somebody asks to get let into my group and then I, they read a bit I mean you know, marketing, you have to write a bit for whom this group is. And then they send me a message and say, oh, I'm sorry, I applied to the group. I don't think I'm good enough. I'm like, oh no, I didn't want that. I tried to include about, you know, everything in their dog, everyone in their dog, but still it it's not clear enough that it's for everyone who wants to grow. Yeah, and 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 then, for, but for those people, it's even more of a reason for them to lean in because it's like I don't feel good enough to, to you know, make friends with myself, to to yes. make peace with myself. So you're you talked before about um hypnotherapy. What are the different tools? So when I work with people, I use so there's like somatic, like body based stuff and then like the traditional mindset piece and nervous system things it sounds like you so you bring in hypnotherapy do you use rtt as well yes yes i'm i'm trained by marissa peer and use rtt for the hype for the hypnotherapy um i'm also an rtc coach that's also from marissa peer and i'm uh, a shamanic counselor that's um well the 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 training was based on the native american kind of um way of living but i actually always say where i'm from i mean i'm from middle europe and 
that's probably has if I would have to say it's probably more a witchy thing. Um, but yeah, it's called shamanic counselor. It's in my opinion, it's very much the same from the trance state you go in. It's like a guided meditation and um, it's very similar to the hypnotherapy. It's just that the tools in the session itself are a bit different, but it also gets you connected to the subconscious. And I love that. And I love I, I love speaking to people and exploring different ways of doing this work because people that have been in my space for a while, there's so many overlaps with what you do with my Address and Unlock program, which is a group program. Mm -hmm. But the process and the modalities are completely different. And so I love that because some people will resonate with my stuff and some people will be like, ooh, witchy shamanic stuff. Yes, please. Like, I want to come <laughs> I want to go and check out what, what Virginia is doing. So as we wrap up, you mentioned then about a, a challenge that you're doing. Um, and my understanding is that challenge is going to help people go through that journey in, in, in a way. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? And then we'll make sure it's linked in the show notes if anyone wants to come and join you. Yeah, gladly. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, it's actually a, a three-day workshop, you could say. And I'm... I call it lifting the wheel because it's sometimes it feels like we're shrouded into it underneath um, all those social expectations and conditioning so that we cannot really see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I do exactly that. I take you back to the past on day one. I take you to the future um, to meet your future self on day two. And then on day three, we concentrate on the present. And I think it will be a, a really great opportunity for everyone to kind of touch on those topics for people who are a bit yeah. a bit interested but are not sure about it yet. Yeah. Um, it's a really easy way. It's going to be on Zoom. So, um, and it's, I think that the workshop itself for three days costs $7. So it's really you know, so a bit of a no-brainer. Just yeah. skip the coffee that day and go three days and talk to yourself. And uh, if you have, if you want to do the VIP option, then you also have every day one hour with me after the class um, to talk about the questions that might have come up during the process. And I think that's a really great thing for me as well as for the clients, because for the clients they will um, process this so much faster if they get their ans um, question answered. And for me, it's just great, uh, um, a, a great opportunity to connect with the people. And I love that. I love that. And there is something so powerful about doing this work in a group. Like, so I know we both work one-to-one -one with people and we work in a group, like there is something powerful about being in a group. So so lifting the veil, that three-day experience, and that's going to start on Monday, the 26th of June? Yes, exactly. So it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you send me all the stuff for that, that will be in the show notes. So people listening slash watching, Head to the show notes, go and sign up for Virginia's event. Um, and amazing. Like, 
yeah it's interesting isn't it because like mine is look and even like the stuff I do like look backwards to move forwards I don't think we get to where we want to go in our lives without understanding how we got here it's funny that you say that because um as you know well yourself is that the coaching space is so much uh, I think even the ICA, this, this International Coaching Association, is so adamant that coaching should only uh, work with well from now to the future. And I think, well, that's all nice and well, but if you don't clean up your stuff from the past, you will not get far or no, it will be a lot harder. I mean, why make your way harder? please give me a shortcut anytime so that's actually why i'm such a fan of working with the subconscious amazing well thank you so much for being on today um i think people will get an awful lot from that that episode and and just to get a takeaway for people to think about is looking at in your life where are you doing things automatically because you think you should rather than doing the things that you really want to do and where you are led to and where aren't you feeling liberated and equal in your life and what do you want to do about that and if you want to explore it further go and do Virginia's challenge <laughs> thank you so much Louise for having me and for this very interesting conversation we have to do that again sometimes yeah, absolutely okay Take care, everyone. That's it for this week, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.